We are here. This is us, the second debate in our debate series. We had uh, Alex Gladstein and Alex Svetsky earlier in the week, and now we've got BitBoy, Crypto, and Alex Gladstein debating the merits of the distinct asset classes, Bitcoin, and other cryptocurrencies. You so do realize my name's excited. not Alex Gladstein. I called you Alex Gladstein? This is Alex Svetsky. <laughs> This is Alex Fetsky. I'm sorry. There's, there's too much stimulation for me. I'm on Spaces. I'm on YouTube. We're all over the place right now. My bad. Svetsky, don't, um, don't this... forget, he's the one on your side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm on your team, dude. Don't so it's just friendly, friendly fire on me. My bad. Without further ado, I mean, let's get started. I want to start on that, which I think we agree, but maybe we don't. Um, Bitcoin and crypto are different asset classes. Do you guys want to talk about that and some of the differences you see between them? Um, not really. I, I actually wanted to um, ask uh, Bitboy. I think that's your name. Um, like, what, what, um, what, what do you do? Because I just because I, I don't know anything about you actually. But um, like, do you, do you run like a channel or something, or do you teach people to trade, or what's, what's the deal? I think so. I think that's what I do. I think I have a YouTube channel. It's uh, one of the. You think it's got to be one of the biggest 21, like one of the 20 biggest ones out there, I think, in crypto. I, I don't know. I, I was I'm the first with a million subscribers, I think. I, I, I don't know. So very irrelevant uh, to the world of crypto. I'm sure that everybody who's in the chat here, I'm sure you got a record number of people listening and watching because they're really interested on, uh, you know, your opinion on things. But uh, I'm just a little guy in crypto and just here to, uh, you know, m make a case that, you know, there's some altcoins out there that have some use. Okay. So, so, so out of curiosity then, what... So you run a channel, you like, what's the main premise of the channel? Is it like, are you trying to like, what, what are you teaching people? Yeah. So, uh, our mission statement here at Bitboy Crypto is to empower people to find financial freedom through crypto assets. So I think that pretty much, you know, wraps it up. We, uh, education, you know, focusing on uh, really fundamental analysis on what happens on the daily. You know, we, we bring in some people to talk charts, you know, charts, technical analysis are not my, not my strong suit. It's not something I'm particularly interested in. They don't, you know, hold my attention for, uh, extremely long periods of time, but, uh, you know, understand like, you know, for instance, we talked a lot today about the Fed meeting and how, you know, the, the effect of what's going to occur from this, you know, are we going to see a reversal from the Fed's position on things and how that relates to the price of Bitcoin? Uh, how, how right now we're kind of at a pivotal point for this bull run in Bitcoin. If we are still in a, you know, a bull run, if we go below 30K, certainly can be argued that we're not. And, you know, we've got a lot of macro factors going on, you know, with, with the stock market and the NASDAQ crashing and, uh, you know, the Fed comments, Ukraine, Russia, Russian crypto ban, the whole thing. So we really focus on those and, you know, how, how those have to do with the overall narrative of Bitcoin, the price of Bitcoin. And, of course, we get into, you know, uh, different coin reviews. We talk about different projects and, uh, you know, what their value proposition is, you know, why we think they might be successful or not successful. So um, really lately, we've been really focusing on just, you know, a lot of the fundamental stuff going on in crypto. Okay. So, so then… Psychologically speaking, why do you do what you do? Like, is this how, how long you've been doing it for? Like, what, why did you choose this for a profession? Yeah, so I chose this for a profession. I go back to 2012 when I bought my first Bitcoin, uh, 12 bucks. You know, I bought $400 worth of Bitcoin at that point. And, uh, you know, that, that amount, you know, today is worth a lot more. 2017, I mean, I always watch crypto, watch what's going on with Bitcoin. In 2017, you know, like I really looked at the prices of, of crypto and really felt a lot of regret for not understanding Bitcoin, not understanding crypto. And that's really what drove me to create this channel was, you know, I, the, there were not educational resources really available in 2012. I, I think if you go back, maybe Crystal Rhodes and Bitcoin Uncensored might have been the only, you know, YouTube channel that was out there. Uh, there wasn't a lot of information. You certainly couldn't find any information on CNBC or any mainstream outlets of, about crypto and about Bitcoin. I mean, back then it was all Bitcoin. I mean, there wasn't really even, you know, maybe a mention of Litecoin or Feathercoin or, or some of that stuff. But I, I think for me, the lack of education resources, what really drove me to want to be a person that, you know, provided education to, why to people does, about why does, what crypto is. 
So, so why does that drive you though? Like, so, so why, why turn that into a YouTube yeah. channel? So I've always been a person who has been driven to help other people. So it's a little bit about my background. If you go back to 2007, I overdosed on drugs. I, I was heavily on drugs. Uh, I was a meth addict for seven years and I went through a really hard time. I overdosed, I almost died. I was in a coma for uh, three and a half days. I came out of that coma uh, and I woke up and I was in a hospital bed, had a breathing tube down my throat and uh, I've been struggling my whole life. And I remember being in that hospital bed and looking out that window and I had two thoughts. You know, the first thought is the light entered my, entered my eyes was like, thank you God for saving me. Like I should be dead right now. I knew I should be dead. And the second thing was I want to change my life. So I went through this really long, you know, process of trying to change my life. And I went through rehab for two years. I was, I was there for 20 months, 10 months at a place called No Longer Bound in Cumming, Georgia. I went 10 months through drug recovery, another 10 months as an intern. And I really decided I was going to dedicate my life to helping other people. And so that's what I did. You know, over the next 10 years, uh, I would work, you know, go from, you know, working at a recovery center to being the executive director of a drug rehab program for teenage boys, trying to help people change their lives. And, and something happened in 2018 for me, which was I had started this channel in January of 2018. And, you know, it, as we moved towards the middle of that year, it's like my passion changed. My, my passion changed from, you know, this place where I had been, where I, I spent the center focus of my life was getting off drugs and, and was helping other people to do that to where it, it, my passion changed to crypto, but it was still that same thing of wanting to help other people. I wanted to help other people not be in a place where I was, which was a place where I was totally, like I saw crypto and it was in front of me, but I had no idea of the life-changing power that crypto had. And so I want to implore other people to look into the future, to know what is coming, to understand what is coming with crypto. And now you fast forward years later, we were 100% correct about that. And it's only, you know, gr growing much stronger and the influence is growing much larger of crypto. Uh, you know, always in the center of conversation. Now in the Oval Office, they're going to be putting out a crypto report here soon or maybe some executive orders. That's the level crypto has risen to. And so that's really what we were trying to front run. We were trying to tell everybody that even though crypto prices were dropping, that this was a bigger, not just an asset class, this is a life-changing piece of technology. This is a world-changing piece of technology, blockchain in general, especially when it comes to censorship resistance and uh, decentralization, some other things that uh, I'm very passionate about. So that's what really drove me. You know, ever since, you know, I, I basically should have been dead back in 2007, you know, my focus has always been giving back because I've got a really sweet life. I had a really sweet life before I, I got into crypto. Uh, I have a family. I have three kids. I love my kids. I coach their ball teams. You know, I go to all their tennis matches. I do the whole thing. I love being a dad. I love being a family guy. I, I've had the sweetest life since I woke up out of that coma in 2007. And I want other people to have that. And so really that is what has fueled me to not just help people in that area of life, in that arena of life, but to move on into now from a financial perspective, be trying to teach people on how to get to, to a different level and find financial freedom. I mean, nobody wants to struggle. And, uh, you know, that's really what we try to, to get people to understand. Okay, cool, cool. Um, I'm just like gathering some information here because I, I guess what I want to do at some point is just find out how congruent that is um, or how, how honest that position is um when you know and, and i don't know what you shill um in terms of shit coins but i guess um my position on that is if you really want to help people um you know you'd want to like uh, the, the only thing i've seen from you is like a recent um thing about proof of work which to me you know the kind of stuff that you're I saying thought you, i thought you didn't completely mindless no i saw i saw a little right i saw a little didn't know who i was I saw a little Twitter. That's, that, that's usually the, the person that attacks me. That's their first line. It's like, I have no idea who you are. You know, Pomp did the same thing. But anyways, go ahead. I'm listening. That's all right. So, no. so, you know, you talk about wanting to help people. Um, how do you see that being congruent with, um, with I guess, I don't know. Actually, you know what? Before we get to that question, you mentioned before blockchain technology and censorship resistance. Can you talk me through that? How, how that sort of fits in the same sentence? Yeah, I, I think that if, if we were to go back to, I mean, we all understand the ideals of decentralization, right? Not one central point of failure, not one, you know, entity. Like I always use the example of Facebook, right? Like if Mark Zuckerberg walked into the Facebook office and he said, hey, uh, you know, there's this guy, you know, Alex, I, I would really like to, I didn't like, what he said on Shark Tank. So I really want to know more about this guy and his failed companies and stuff like that. Like, I want to know, you know, specifically, like, wh where, what data points do we have on him so I can kind of understand him a little bit better? 
Mark Zuckerberg has the power to do that. He has the power to go into Facebook and demand that information. And one person can pull it up and hand it all to him. And, you know, in the world of blockchain, we don't have to have those single kind of authoritarian power structures to where you've got one person. I mean, if you look at, you know, uh, let's say Bray Browser, for instance, and a basic attention token, the Bray Browser, the way that it works, it has all of your door, all of your data kind of stored in little shards that float around, you know, the, the Bray Browser ecosystem. There's not one person that works at Bray Browser. You know, Brendan Ike can't walk in and say, hey, let me recall all these data points on all of the different websites that Alex has visited. Uh, so, you know, you don't have that same kind of level uh, of centralization when it comes to the way that data is stored. And the way that data is stored and decentralization, they go hand in hand. And then when you move to the censorship resistance, uh, when you have a, a person like Jack Dorsey that can walk into Twitter and say, you know what, I don't like this guy that was on Joe Rogan. Now, of course, Jack Dorsey, of course, we know he's, he's moved on from Twitter. I know he's, he's a lot of y'all's heroes. Um, you know, you should get matching nose rings. But I, I think that the fact is, is that, you know, Jack Dorsey can walk into Twitter. He could when he was in charge of the company and say, listen, here's the thing. I don't like that this guy who created the, the RM, uh, mRNA vaccine, I don't like that he's out there spreading this nonsense that goes against my political overlords. So, you know what, let's go ahead and just ban this guy's account. And they can do that. The way that decentralized social media would work would be there is an agreed upon set of rules that works with smart contracts to where if something violates one of those very specific rules, it would, you know, we obviously don't want uh, a Twitter where people are putting child porn, for instance. We obviously don't want that, correct? I'm thinking everybody could agree that's a terrible thing. Nobody would want to see that on any platform. So there's got to well, be Maybe some... Vitalik would, but let's just, okay. you know. I don't even know if I have a response for that, but, um, you know, I, I has very, you know, serious allegations there, but anyways, I, I think the point here is that, um, you know, we would have basic things we would want to agree to, but outside of that, um, we don't want rule changes on a whim based on one person. Uh, you know, I had a, uh, you know, I used to run a business, uh, my first kind of like, you know, online business that actually led me to, to Bitcoin. It was a ticket business, and you know, I, I posted ads on Craigslist for sports tickets, and people would buy those tickets, and I would get a commission fee based on you know people wanting to go to those events and going to my website and going to my ad. Well, Craigslist made a change on their website overnight. It was just one change that they made, and all of a sudden, my online business that I had spent years building, my income dropped ninety percent. You know, and that was really one of these things. Like I understood, you know, you had this the, the YouTube shooter, and I certainly do not condone any violence by any stretch of the imagination. But you can certainly understand the mindset of this young woman who has spent all of this time building this YouTube channel to try to find a you know create a new way of income for herself, and then all of a sudden, without warning. YouTube completely just deletes her channel or removes her from the partner program, whichever one it was, and she was no longer able to make an income, and she can't get any answer. There's no answer um, for why she was censored, and these are the types of situations that really make people against centralization and kind of this faceless corporate feel that we have to social media today. And I think it's a really, really big problem. And we've seen the rejection of Facebook by young people. We'll continue to see it. Meta's going to ultimately, you know, they have a monopoly on the technology, obviously with the Oculus. But outside of that, I mean, there is an utter outright rejection to Facebook, a rejection to, to censorship. We're seeing it on Twitter. I mean, we've got all these alternative Twitters. None of them can really get any traction because the system is built uh, you know, uh, by big tech to be able to keep competitors, you know, from really rising up in the space. But these, these are things think, that I'm passionate about. And these are things that we certainly want to see in the future as a more decentralized world. Ben, I think we, we all agree that we want a more decentralized world. Um, I'm, I'm more interested, maybe, well, maybe first a rebuttal from, from Alex, but I, I'd more like to get into the differences between your respective asset classes and why people should consider a Bitcoin only strategy versus a crypto strategy, which seems to be like an infinitely diverse portfolio um, with no one right answer. Well, I, I guess where I was going to, you know, if I may. Um, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Sorry. So, so you seem to have described a bunch of problems, which more or less, you know, we can agree with, um, you know, things like the capacity for an individual to, um, or the capacity for some sort of entity like Facebook to come and sense you and all that sort of stuff. I mean, 
I actually think they have every right to censor whoever the fuck they want to. Likewise, Twitter does. Um, you know, I believe in private property rights. I'm not a communist. Um, if you've built something um, and you have a house or a business or whatever, and you don't want someone in there, um, you right, have right, every right, right but to without, throw them without out. the w w just a very important clarification, though, um, without the protection of the government, though, that that that's where this gets totally, is They're private totally. businesses, but they have the protection of the government because they're totally. there to be moderators by which, uh, which I agree with. Government. Which I agree with. So, so I guess my question to you then is how is that solved by some magical uh, technology called blockchain, which, mind you, doesn't fucking exist. Um, how is that solved by distributing the data? Because from where I stand, whether it's Ethereum, whether it's Cardano, whether it's any of these social media uh, or decentralized social media companies, by definition, um, every single one of them are just basically using buzzword salads to deliver a, a shittier version of the products that they're trying to replace, but operating them. I mean, the very fact that an Ethereum foundation exists or that any uh, initial VC seeded a crypto or a blockchain, uh, quote unquote, exists, undermines the very point you're trying to make. I mean, when you look at Bitcoin, Bitcoin's not censorship resistant because it's decentralized. Bitcoin is censorship resistant because there is a cost to reverse transactions. There is an economic cost associated with it. To reverse any of these other things or to change the censorship resistant characteristics of it, it doesn't require a cost. It requires an internal consensus of a foundation or of a group or a management team or a board or a set of VCs or something like that. So I guess you're talking about all of these problems that you want to solve, but the solution that you seem to be putting forth is to replace one group of operators with another group of operators, um, but on a substandard set of technical infrastructure. Well, I mean, I, I, you I think we those? certainly agree that the, the first website ever was definitely better than the New York Times uh, delivering information. Like, right, we right. can make that, right? Like the first, you guys remember the Space Jam website? Anybody seen that one? It was a fantastic website. You know, I, I think what we're talking about, we're, we're the very birth of this technology. We're the very beginning of this. And, and to try to compare where this should be in its full growth cycle to where it is at the beginning, I think, it, I think it's an asinine argument. We, we don't know where this technology is going in the future. We have some ideas. And you're right. Maybe it all fails. Maybe Ethereum fails. We know it's got gigantic problems right now. Maybe Cardano really does end up being vaporware. They just release stuff on, you know, their, their NFTs and it clogged up their network. So, you know, maybe they've got some, you know, going back to the drawing board, Solana, Pause for 72 hours. Big problems there, right? Uh, you know, Polkadot just at the beginning of figuring out what this is going to look like now that they've, you know, got their parachain auctions running and the, the project's chosen. But it's the beginning of all of these. And yeah, that's but the beginning. How can you, but how if can the beginning you... is built on a foundation of sand, like if you, if you begin building a house on quicksand, it doesn't matter how good your architectural drawings are, you're going to fucking sink. Like the, pre, the base presuppositions of all of these are a total fucking hypocrisy. And that's the biggest problem here is like- I, I, I don't think so come out. You're, you're basically talking about group governance versus small closed governance, okay? That's really what you're saying. What you're saying is we're, we're taking operators of Twitter, the people that run Twitter, and we're saying that's a small group of people and we're replacing them with a different group of people. The difference is that group of people has a, a say through governance and owning tokens and staking nodes, depending on whatever the project is and, and the different way that it's set up. But you can choose to be a part of that governance or, or not. We you can't can choose, choose to be a part of Twitter. To play a role in Twitter. No, we can't. We, you can't choose. Yes, you can. To make as a user, in Twitter. you can choose to be a part of Twitter. Well, certainly, not? certainly, you can choose to use Twitter or not. But you can't choose to be involved in the governance of Twitter. Uh, well, that is something. That's why we're seeing people create alternatives. You do realize really governance because they don't scale. have use case because you can't just come in and help with the decision making process. And that you is what this all is. Governance can't scale, right? Like this is why you know. I mean, as much as I it's hate all an experiment. Like the, all, all but, of this, all of this is an experiment. It's an experiment of of you know governance of people that are involved with the project, either from an investment standpoint or, you know, depending, it, it's hard to, to say in large groups, uh, you know, or, or kind of speak. You've heard of Dunbar's number, all right? All these projects are so, so different. They're all experiments. And I think that's, that's the big difference between you and me. You can't handle the experiment. You don't want to see the experiment. You don't want to see these things play out. You want people to be of the mindset 
that you are. The no, Bitcoin I think, is I the think one and in only a... way. And if you disagree with me, you're an idiot. And no, you have the, the holier than thou way that you speak about this. Absolutely. That the rest of us, the vast majority, and, and we're obviously I, am holy than I, I know Alex or I, I know that the moderator wants to keep getting back to, you know, from, from an investment standpoint. We're talking about financial and philosophical, and they're two totally different things totally. here yeah, yeah, when yeah. it comes to this. So, so, so I think I'm hearing echoes of your, you know, inner junkie in the sense that, you know, I'm not willing to experiment. Like I don't want to chuck fucking heroin or shit up my fucking veins because I don't see the need to go and explore that kind of shit. So, so in evolution, there's a concept called explore then exploit. And what evolution, what nature naturally does is as it progresses, it discovers things along the way. So out of 10 experiments, it discovers one that works and then it doubles down and it exploits on that. So the difference between a Bitcoiner and a shitcoiner, for example, is the shitcoiner is a perpetual explorer, a perpetual dabbler, someone who doesn't know how to build depth, but instead chooses to build breadth and width and uses all sort of intellectual fellatio to, to basically validate or to substantiate why they're doing that. Whereas a Bitcoiner understands that there are time tested principles there are truths there are objective truths you know for example you don't go and try and experiment and test that one plus one equals two like that's an a priori truth it exists when you find and you discover truths like proof of work is an example of a beautiful truth proof of work is something that exists across every single dimension of life right if you want to go to the gym you don't proof of stake you don't hire somebody else to train fucking for you and hope that you're going to lose some weight or you know, gain some muscle. You go in and you do the fucking work, right? So if you want to become wealthy, you go in and you do the fucking work. Or you can take the proof of stake approach and you can be born into some fucking family. You can be close enough into to, to the monetary spigot. You can use your stake. You can use your influence to leech out of the system, which is basically what every single one of these fucking crypto projects, you know, aspire to do, right? Instead of being able to outcompete governments and central banks. They just try and recreate it on a new digital network and literally recreate this fucking problem that Bitcoin is trying to solve. And then we have perpetual explorers like yourself come out and say, yeah, 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 let's just fucking explore. Let's just walk around in circles. Let's ignore the thing that is solving the biggest fucking problem on the planet today. The biggest problem on the planet today is a concentration of political power that has come as a result of the concentration of economic power. And right. those two, those two cycle each other and creates a, a consequence on the planet in which you have static class structures in the world, where if you are close enough to the monetary spigot, you can socialize your losses and privatize your gains. And as a result, suck the very so, productivity so why, out why, of the why do you think, why, why, why do you think that over half of the, the the top 100 Bitcoin addresses were created from 2019 on. What, what, why, why do you think that is? Because people are buying the shit. Who yeah, who, 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 who has enough money out there to, to create out of thin air one of the largest 100 Bitcoin addresses? Who, who, who do you think it is? It doesn't matter. No, Whoever, it does matter because no, what, what you're matter. saying here is you, you, you've really talked yourself into a corner here because oh, really? the yeah, yeah, absolutely. When you look at how much Bitcoin the United States owns, when you look at how much China owns, when you look at how much Russia owns, when you look at how much JP Morgan owns, when you look at how much Goldman Sachs owns, when None you look at how much matters. I mean the other bigger None institutions own. None of it matters. does matter because they how have much control can they print? over the Bitcoin price. No, no, no. So you're telling me that you think that the average person out there, the retail investor, that they, we are the people that are moving the Bitcoin price up and down. Who gives Bitcoin price the Bitcoin is price? so heavy, heavily manipulated. I don't care manipulated. about the Bitcoin price. It's not even funny, and it's manipulated by the very same people that are the system that you're saying that you're trying to break. And you lemmings break like you, when, and lemmings when, when like you are worried about the price. If you can't beat them, join them. That's how they manipulate from the inside. Bitcoin too slow to be adopted now it's been infiltrated left and right from the very people you guys say you're trying to fight Dude, and look here, here's the fact you people want like you that tomorrow. come from money people like you that come from money that have money it's okay to make money through bitcoin this is where we get to the financial versus the philosophical ideals behind bitcoin the average person out there cannot change their life through bitcoin 
right now, today. Why? Because of all of the, these larger institutions that have came in and put such a monopoly on the Bitcoin of, price. And to deny on, on, these people and to call them idiots, to call people idiots because they want to explore ways to find financial freedom, that's why people don't take Bitcoin maximalists seriously. How they much, don't take them how seriously much, because you're all holier than now because you come from a perspective. You made how money much Bitcoin. How much Bitcoin can the U.S. government print? You don't need you to that invest question? anything. How, can you answer that question? How, can you answer that question? How much, how much Bitcoin can the U.S. government print? Once again, the, the printing is how not much the can problem. they print? Yes, yeah, it's still yes, it the is. same system of that control. The it's the same system of control. No, 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 no. It's the, no. It's the control the, the, of issuance of money that is from the, the inside. Doesn't no, 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 no. The problem is not who has money. The problem is who can issue the money. That has been the problem from day one. That I is don't disagree the with you. Only I don't problem. disagree with that. So like, I, think, if, I, I think I think one of the things that is probably most misunderstood about me. I mean. I've got Bitcoin all around me. I own a lot you of Bitcoin. Should sell it, I'm 35% you should Bitcoin sell it. in my portfolio. I agree with the larger ideals of Bitcoin. I just think it's too slow. I think that it's you not great sell your for Bitcoin. My fellow clubs, the Bitcoin conference is back. Bitcoin 2022, April 6th through the 9th, is the ultimate pilgrimage for the Bitcoin ecosystem. The Bitcoin conference is the biggest event in all of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. We're leveling up and making this bigger and better than ever. I'm talking straight to the moon with the four-day-long festival in the heart of Miami at the Miami Beach Convention Center. This has something for everyone. Whether you're a high-powered Bitcoin entrepreneur, a core developer, or a Bitcoin newbie, Bitcoin 2022 is the ultimate place for you to be with your people and celebrate and learn about the Bitcoin culture. So make sure to go to b.tc forward slash conference to lock in your official tickets and use promo code Satoshi for 10% off. Want more off? Pay in Bitcoin and you'll receive $100 off general admission and $1,000 off whale pass. Those are stackable. So go to b.tc forward slash conference and attend the best conference in Bitcoin history. You know, I wanted to ask, there was a point that we, we kind of skimmed over, Ben, and that would be, um, you, you, you said many of these projects and you named a lot of the projects that you support are in an experimental stage. Oh. How can you in good faith then put those products to your followers and, and promote them for retail investors. If they're simply in an experimental stage, I think we can all agree Bitcoin is past the stage of experimenting. This is a vetted, tried and true technology. So that's something I was wondering if you could respond to. Yeah, well, I mean, you can obviously point to like, you know, let's, let's look at Netflix. I mean, Netflix, Peloton, right? They're definitely proven technology. They're proven companies proven here. And you see how much they drop. There's no such thing as a guaranteed investment in the world. I mean, outside of I many of you look at treasury bonds, treasury bonds are basically held together by the belief that number one, a country is going to continue to exist. And number two, they're going to continue to tax their people. So you feel like that's about as guaranteed as it gets, but who knows, you know, you get electro, you know, an EMP to America, who knows what the country will look like in, you know, five years from now. So there's no such thing as a guaranteed investment. And when we say the word promote, I mean, I think it's really important to understand the difference between uh, an actual promotion, a, a disclosed promotion or a sponsorship video, which we've certainly done on the channel over the years, which every single one ever in the history of this channel, we've, you know, disclosed is open. We run a business here. So it's just like same thing with any other, you know, company out there you you do ads we have some ads we do some sponsored segments uh you know and things like that as opposed to just like educating about what crypto you know what, what these different projects are doing ethereum for instance i mean i'm certainly heavily invested into ethereum heavily invested in cardano heavily invested in xrp and i let my audience know that we're actually the only channel that shows our entire portfolio we've done three videos where we show the entire portfolio top to bottom completely transparent about we what we own but if we can't talk about the top projects in crypto, then, you know, I, I think that's a little bit of censorship right there. People say, you can't talk about Ethereum. Ethereum is working, 
to some extent. It definitely has problems. DeFi is 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 budding. We have NFTs that are you know going absolutely massive and parabolic right now. We have gaming coins that I, we think are kind of probably next big way. We have DAOs. It works. It's just clunky, which a lot of people would say Bitcoin is very clunky with the way that it works with its transaction speeds. It couldn't possibly at this point. Are you still be in 2017 transaction currency. speeds? Uh, Jesus. Yeah. Look. Oh, so you, are, are, are you actually here with an honest face and, and intellectually honest going to say that Bitcoin is fast? It's fast uh, enough to serve the needs of the world if we were to make it the world currency tomorrow? No, Bitcoin is a settlement network. Bitcoin is not designed to be fast. Okay, so just like, you know, the, the, the human body has arteries, it has veins, and it has capillaries. And they all they all serve a different function in the distribution of blood around the body. So all natural systems build in layers. You do not put throughput into the same place as you put settlement. That is fucking stupid, okay? This is why Bitcoin has Lightning Network. This is why Bitcoin is growing in layers. You do not sacrifice the censorship resistance for throughput. That's a moron's game. And that's why Bcash and all the rest of the sort of stuff lost. Bitcoin, see, this is where I think a lot of people get wrong and they get lost. The disease of the modern world, and I suggest you know you educate yourself and read something like When Money Dies by Adam Ferguson, which is the story of Weimar Germany between the 20s and the 40s, right? The exact same shit that's happening in the world today was happening back then, which is everyone thought they were getting rich. Everyone was running around investments. Everyone thought they were making money on the stocks, on this, on that, on fucking used cars, on the whole lot, right? The cancer of that high time preference mentality is in our day and age, manifest in fucking overpriced JPEGs, stupid ass fucking shit coins, and all of this stuff. Bitcoin is not an investment or get rich quick scheme. It is a don't get poor slowly scheme. Bitcoin is important because me as an individual holder no, but, 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 of can, Bitcoin- can we stop here though? Did, did you get rich with Bitcoin? Uh, I yes. did okay, not get right. poor just, just slowly clear, like. I just want to be clear, like you did get rich with Bitcoin, right? Like most people that are in your way of thinking, they did get, they may say it's and not all, a get rich quick scheme, all I did, but you did, you did. Guess How what? many zeros did your net worth grow because of Bitcoin? Can I we just be transparent? I can't touch my Bitcoin for the next 25 years. Even if I wanted to fucking spend it, I can't touch it because I'm not looking to get rich. I'm looking to build a dynasty long-term. But why, but why, why? Just like philosophically, you won't do it or you have it somewhere in an account that you can't touch it. Yeah, I've clear. locked it up so that it cannot be fucking touched. Okay. So this but I on, will not on, be on used paper, how much has your net worth grown since you started buying Bitcoin? It's it's done well, of course. Substantial, and, right? And, okay, the, I, I just want to be clear, like want to make sure that we're congruent with what we're talking about here. We are. That we you're are. saying it's not a get rich quick scheme. But there's a but reason you why you did get rich quick through it. There is right? a reason why. There is a reason why. That is because my proportion of the network cannot be diluted. That's the fucking innovation. So Bitcoin is predicated on the idea that one should be able to store the product of their labor in a form that is unconfiscatable and undilutable. Shitcoins are predicated on the idea that you can print your own money under a new banner for a new idea for whatever buzzword they want to do. There is a difference in ethics. And what you're saying in the beginning where you want to help people, what you're doing is you're doing them a disservice because the best way to help people is to encourage them to do something useful with their life other than gambling yeah, this, 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 so this that they can like go what you're saying is crazy. find a craft. I, the, the, so there's probably no other channel out there that's made useful. more millionaires than my channel. That, and that's fact. People come to me all the time. We have meetups over the country. I guarantee you, you take any of your maximalists, you have a meetup. We will crush them. In the Weimar people Republic, to my meetup telling the us about Republic, how we've changed their life. We're going to be doing one in Austin this week. Stupid. We got 600 people signed up for it, coming to talk about how much we've changed their life. The we lemmings all want to get rich quick. The lemmings all want to get rich quick. Just the fact that you can prey on But idiots. money is helpful. Money is helpful to people. I don't understand. No, like, what's helpful rich, holier than thou people. Like, I can't get behind the things that you say because it's so intellectually sure. dishonest. No. So it's no. better for people to understand philosophically the way of money than it is for them to have enough money to buy a house for their family. Absolutely. That's what you're saying. Absolutely. Lemmings. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is the most asinine you don't, or uh, incredibly idiotic thing I've ever heard. Absolutely not. No, no, no. It's more important not. for people to understand money than to have money and change Correct. their lives and give you themselves don't a give a man to. You don't give a man a fish. You fucking feed a man to fish. Sorry, you teach a man to 
fish okay that's the difference what you want to do is you want to give people fucking fish so they become stupid dependent lemmings this is how the government no, that, that's implying we don't do education on my channel i mean that and that's absolutely not true okay whatever um you educate them on opportunities right so that yeah, they can make sure. some quick money right the goal here is not to teach people to just randomly fucking make money off stupidity because you could teach them to like th their chances are just about as good at the casino a person teaching someone how to play blackjack or shit like that could make the same argument as you can the argument i'm well, making well, well certainly is that someone, someone, someone to, to play blackjack by counting cards and by the actual rules of successful blackjack where over time you do win it's a sure bet if you play the exact same way you do win it's just like playing poker if you consistently play the right kind of poker over time you do win so yeah sure but it's certainly not like going to put yeah, money on okay, a roulette that's, wheel that's, that's always a losing strategy that's okay fine that's a maybe not the greatest analogy but what understanding money first and foremost does to a person is it lowers their time preference and in lowering their time preference it encourages them to adapt their behavior towards low time preference behavior bitcoiners seem to be getting healthier smarter they read more books they become family people they're interested in helping the world long term they're interested in building a dynasty they they adapt themselves to that whereas shitcoiners run around talking about how much millions they've made they buy a fucking lamborghini they spend it all on hookers and coke it's a completely divergent no that that's what you're saying it right is now a very divergent like, I, I can't believe with a straight face you can actually say you can take a gigantic you must be racist also because you can't take a gigantic group of people and compare them to another gigantic group of people and make blanket characteristic statements well, it's, about it's, each one that I can't really make shows it about parts. everyone that shows that the presupposition that you have towards people who invest in altcoins you really believe that every single person that listens to this if you're not a 100 bitcoin you literally think they are scum of the earth garbage and i can't believe people like you actually exist and, and get on yeah. from day to day without having somebody that you know just just frankly slap you to be honest with you generally speaking most of them are scumbags i i would 100 <laughs> stand behind that i mean you know at the end of the day if you're if you're uh you sound you you your you contribution like you to the in world. germany in 1932 with the way that you're talking to be honest not at all well you're I mean, talking about other people I, I, I belong you, more your, your to moral like the, compass the is gone, sir. No, you no, have no I, moral compass with the things that you say. I'm an exclusionary <laughs> principle maximalist. I exclude people very much so because well, it, oh people, my gosh, it really is like racist or yeah, sexist or homophobic. Absolutely. It really is the same thing. I, I, I like, so I like the difference, difference between you and me. The difference between you and me is that you like to be, you know, a communist. We're all in this together. You know, we're all the same. <laughs> we should kumbaya, bring everyone into <laughs> the same. Me, group. the communist. Well, yeah, wow. exactly. Because, um, you know, that's kind of your frame of reference. Be because I believe My the frame best in people. No, no, because no, I believe you, the best in people and because I don't take certain you're groups of generating people the worst and, and, and say that they're scum of the earth. I think the, you're generating the, the worst in people. Excuse you're me. Generating the worst I think the question, I think the question that, that we might need to address is, Alex, what kind of, you know, forgiveness like tolerance or path to redemption is there for people who who are in this experimental stage of their bitcoin journey if we can agree that that's the end point that you see for humanity and 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 for people um i think people who engage naively i mean it's it's probably unfair to characterize them as scammers so i'm just interested to see at what point you know yeah. what's what's the road to redemption there there is, I call it climbing Mount Stupid. And then there's a difference, you know, there's people who want to stay on top of Mount Stupid and suffocate in stupidity. And then there's people who are willing to climb down from Mount Stupid and say, okay, I've come up here. I've realized that I was kidding myself, that I was trying to quick, you know, like that my whole reason for existence was to fucking make a quick buck. Um, they come down and they realize, like I always say, you know, with Bitcoin, I came for the money originally. Like I was trying to trade it and thought I was a genius. You know, I dabbled in shit coins. I read a bunch of white papers. I lost fucking 50 points of IQ. I realized that this was the dumbest shit ever. And then I went and I actually built a fucking business. And then I started writing about Bitcoin. I started exploring how Bitcoin impacts philosophy, society, physics, anthropology, all of these varied disciplines. And what so I did was I, I lowered my time preference i started behaving like a better version of myself i started respecting myself mentally spiritually physically um and 
that's what sort of changed my behavior. And I think people who are actually interested in doing the exploit component of explore. So, you know, they come, they explore, they fuck around, they climb out stupid, then they discover some truth. They'll double, they'll, they'll double down on that. Those who choose to sort of stay there, they are either stupid or scammers. It's one of the two. Um, and they might justify it through making money or, you know, whatever other thing they want to do. I mean, most of the people that are young and making money and all that sort of stuff, they're just trying to fucking flex because they're compensating for something that's missing inside of them in the first place. Like I didn't have to make money to compensate and miss something, you know, you know, like Richard Hart is a fucking perfect example. You know, the guys like, you know, come out, printed his own fucking shit coin, made a bunch of money talks about his fucking Rolexes 24 seven and still can't get fucking laid. You know what I mean? Like the, the, these people, the, there's, there's something missing. And, and I think once you get stripped that ego component and start to actually explore some truth, you start to become a more wholesome human as opposed to being so focused on trying to fucking just make money irrespective of whether or not you're actually supporting the very thing that you're saying you're against. You're supporting a new form of overlords. You're supporting a new form of seniorage. You're supporting a new form of proof of stake. Literally, it's in the fucking name. Like central banking is the original proof of stake. You're supporting the new version of it. Just replacing fucking oligarchs, replacing overlords. Like that kind of behavior, it's morally inconsistent. So for me, what I'm interested in, this is why I'm an exclusionary principle maximalist, is I'm interested in surrounding myself with people who have integrity and have some fucking virtue and are willing to forego the short-term easy money for the patience of a long-term dynasty so i'm not here to fucking make a quick buck i'm here to remind people what bitcoin actually means you, you already did to be clear about that again you already did make a quick buck you already it did. doesn't matter and everybody can continue right. to do exactly what i did all they have to do is Put the excess have that, have product the of their labor. And, no, no, no. Know, they just the, need to be they smarter just need to than everybody else. And, you know, they just need it, to accumulate. It, it, admit that you don't know as much as Alex, and then you are going to be on the path to riches. I, I tell you, no, no, no. this I is mean, a cult. Like go, the way that you're talking gym, about this, literally, gym, you are talking about this like a cult productive. I don't think I, you hear – this is going to age very bad. You're going to look back on the way that you talk in 10 or 15 years from now when – I don't know, when maybe you mature – you're not going to believe the way that you talked about things. It really, it's funny. You're talking about Richard Hart, which everybody knows he's a man loves a Rolex. And you're trying to equate ego to that man and saying that these people, when they finally get to a peak, they'll understand that they don't know everything. You're coming off exactly the same. You're coming off exactly the same as Richard Hart. You are the Bitcoin maximalist version of Richard Hart. You know everything. Nobody else knows anything. Only like-minded people to you are accepted in your kingdom of Bitcoin heaven. Absolutely. That's asinine. Yes, I, I just, absolutely. I, 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 I never in my wildest dreams idiots. expected to come onto this debate. I didn't know what we were talking about. I didn't know what the debate was about. And, and hear this. I thought these people only existed in typing form on Twitter. I didn't believe people like this actually existed no, in no. real life. So no, I'm actually no. like honored to finally meet someone like you. Absolutely, dude. I, I will call it as it is. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I like have okay. absolutely no fucking remorse and no intention yeah. in surrounding myself with morons. So that's the first step to wisdom. No absolutely absolutely you do not surround yourself with morons you surround yourself with intelligent people oh my god and there is a consensus of intelligent people in bitcoin and in the contrary people who continue to lie to themselves like you know you talking about censorship resistance and then you know talking about ethereum in the same sentence that is a fucking lie so that is a that is an example of stupidity which is something that i don't think should be followed or listened to and that's my exact point it's like your character is one in which le is leading people down a strange path in which they have a false sense of security, a false sense of confidence, and a false sense of riches. They haven't become better people to earn more wealth. They have gotten lucky tripping over and falling onto a shitcoin that you happen to suggest. That is not a path to integrity. That is not a path to becoming a better human. Yeah. That is the path to becoming a fucking dumbass. So we and, all just, we'll just, we'll just follow your, I, I, your footsteps. I think we understand each other now. Like, I think, I, I don't think I realized I was really debating a meme until 
quite recently. So I'm all for it. Like, I understand. Like, now I get your your way of thinking. And now that I don't understand that you truly are like a, a, a cult leader and that this Bitcoin maximalism is, is certainly. I'm, I'm a not a cult leader. I'm and, only and, a but cult I think leader. I don't think every Bitcoin domain. maximalist is as culty as you. And I think you would probably, like, you seem like the kind of guy you would get around people that would, you know, probably think similar to the way you think, but you'd find one thing that you disagree with. And then all of a sudden they're terrible people and they're, you know, going to uh, Ethereum hell for sure. So um, you must be really fun to be around as a friend. I tell you, I, you sh I bet you have some really great friends. I've got quality have, of a quantity. Uh, Quality of a quantity. <laughs> Koala bear. I have probably. a question I for, for, I have a question for each of you. Uh, so BitBoy, I mean, how are we going to address the fact that a lot of your, your, you know, your strategy, these crypto diversifications seem like speculative gambling to me. And I also, at the same time, to be fair, I mean, I want to ask Svetsky what aspects of, of Bitcoin, I mean, why is it not a cult? I mean, I think that's a, that's a charge that you made BitBoy and we should, we should address that. Yeah. So I, you know, the question came to me first and certainly say, we have always said on my channel that this is purely speculative. It, it is purely speculative. Bitcoin prices are purely speculative. When you look at the value um, of the of the Bitcoin cycles, I was reading the uh, tweet thread I read on my channel today from Bob Lucas, uh, where he was saying that, you know, there was definitely a situation to where we could still be within four-year cycles and Bitcoin not have even topped over $18,000 over this cycle. Fortunately, we did get there. We didn't get as high as many people thought we would get. But it's speculative. There, there is no guarantee where Bitcoin is going. Yes, it's been around for longer. That's why the coin that occupies, you know, for the for the most part, the largest percentage of my portfolio right now, just because of some things we've done internally, like we do own a little bit more Ethereum for full transparency than we do a Bitcoin, but it's very close within a couple of percentage points. That's why it makes up a majority of our portfolio. And we tell people coming in, you want between 30 and 50% of your portfolio to be Bitcoin. And we try to set try to break it down. The more speculative the asset, the less percentage of your portfolio. You want to go invest in coin 749 on coin market cap, then it needs to be less than 5% of your portfolio. You need to have less than 5% of your portfolio geared towards projects in that arena. You want to have the vast majority in the top 10, top 20. We've shown that if you go to the top, you know, if you go to the top 10 from 2018 in January at the peak, all of those 10 projects that were in the top 10. They're all at least in the top 100, and that shows that there is some level of stability for the projects higher at the top. However, you apply that to the top 100, it's vastly different. And so people understand that mindset of when you're investing in different altcoins, you need to put them in buckets. Your top five coins, your top 10 coins, you've got to have different strategy. You have to have different size of those buckets in a descending order. You want the smallest percentage of your portfolio in the most speculative assets. But when you look at something like, say, crypto.com, for instance, to say crypto.com is a hyper speculative asset, that's really negating all of the, the fundamentals and the analytics, uh, you know, take away all their marketing practices, but that's just taking their fundamentals and their analytics and saying like, hey, look, this is a successful exchange as of right now. It could change overnight. Peloton tanked overnight. Netflix tanked overnight. It could tank overnight. But right now, looking at something like Crypto.com or FTX, these are general things that we can look and say, eh, this is probably a little bit less risky than, um, you know, I, I don't know, Project 312. I don't want to get too specific with projects that low. But the point is, is that, yes, there is speculation. That's where we're at in crypto. We are not at a place yet where the actual fundamentals and the speculation or the actual fundamentals and the hype match each other. We don't have a place yet where the fundamentals and the ultimate potential in the use case are linked. We have some, you know, uh, things we can look at, like the number of transactions on a chain, but those can obviously easily be fudged as well. I don't think it's until the next Bitcoin cycle in four years that we're going to actually see that connection and that speculation. See, this is interesting though, because you denominated it in Bitcoin cycles. I mean, that would point to the majority of us who think that, you know, all these cryptocurrencies are riding on the coattails of Bitcoin. They've failed sure. to distinguish themselves meaningfully. Um, from Bitcoin's use of block space to the extent where they, you know, they ride and die on the on the on the U.S. dollar price of Bitcoin. So yeah, I, I mean, I I I don't disagree. That's not a, a stance that I've gone against. I mean, that's why you want the biggest percentage of your portfolio to be in Bitcoin. We believe in Bitcoin more than anything else. Ethereum very close. I think that you know there's a very real scenario where Ethereum passes Bitcoin, and then that changes the entire debate. You know, but at this point, we're still riding or dying on Bitcoin, and and we are not to a place where we're seeing even the layer ones 
break away from Bitcoin. You look at Chainlink, for instance, it had a run in the bear market of 2018, 2019, early 2020, where it did seem to decouple from the Bitcoin price, but it's temporary, you know? So that, that is where we're at right now. And these are the honest conversations we have on the channel um, about so where things are. Then help me understand, help me understand if you're largely, I mean, what percentage are you advocating that people have in Bitcoin? And well, why I, does your I, channel I not reach 30 to 50%? 30 to 50%. Would you say Bitcoin educational, you know, content makes up 30% to 50% of what you do with your time? Or is it largely based on speculative, extremely? If you go and you look at any live stream we've done, the first, you know, 15, 20 minutes of every single live stream, no matter what comes after that, are, uh, you know, dedicated to looking at, at where Bitcoin is, looking at the Bitcoin chart, almost all of our story. Like today, we probably covered 80% Bitcoin. And how it relates to the overall, you know, econ obviously we're talking about the Fed meeting, talking about stuff like that. So, yes, we have a lot of Bitcoin content on our channel. Um, around the blockchain, we almost always, our, our afternoon show, we almost always have a Bitcoin, you know, segment. Uh, we don't do, and that's probably a good reason why a lot of our pre-recorded videos, which we're actually doing a lot less of, we're working on the quality, more quality and less quantity of those. Why less of those are actually about Bitcoin, and many of them are about altcoins, is because we do spend so much time talking about Bitcoin you know, during our live streams because the crypto markets live or die on what Bitcoin is doing. Svetsky, do you have a, do you have a response to this? It seems to me then we're debating the, the remainder, I mean, uh, the 40% I mean, to 50% yeah. of. <laughs> no, I, I think we're still debating the whole hundred percent. Like for me, speculation is just another word for gambling. Um, and in a functional world and on a Bitcoin standard, the returns on gambling severely and significantly diminish, right? When the product of your labor can be stored in something that cannot be diluted, um, your behavior changes, your behavior adapts. Speculation is something that is most rampant during peak fiat. So just like in Weimar, Germany, just like anytime some sort of state intervention causes the loss of faith in a currency, which is what we're seeing in slow motion at the moment, people chase gains and mind you like so i will give a benefit at least insofar as um you know maybe chasing these gains uh is better than becoming broke dumb and destitute and living in a cardboard box right but it is still an inferior path to discovering something like bitcoin and then doubling down on that putting your time and energy into building other skills, other um, things that add value to society, and storing the excess product of your labor in Bitcoin. So, so that that should be the game plan. Now, mind you, there is other people out there. I mean, I know some Bitcoin maxes who purely just trade alts so that they can put stuff into Bitcoin. Now, you know, they can do that. I personally don't like to do that because I don't like to give um, liquidity to scams. But at the end of the day, like, I think to, to answer your original question around the cult thing, like truth, it's not a cult. Like, you know, th th that's kind of like saying that physics is a cult and being a gravity maximalist or being a, um, you know, a speed of light maximalist or being a thermodynamic maximalist is a, being a cultist. It's, it's not like we know that Bitcoin is enforced by the individual. We know that it has fixed rules which are enforceable as I said, by the individual. We know that it scales in layers. We know that Bitcoin's verifiable. We know that Bitcoin emerged through voluntary consensus. We know that it's resistant to censorship. We know how anti-fragile it is. We know there's no monopoly on the issuance. We know Bitcoin's transparent, like it's a eight, nine page document with a single set of rules, which is open to everyone. Uh, we know that it's neutral. We know that it's irreversible. And we know that it, uh, that it's an incarnation of pure digital private property. Like we know this, that this is not, uh, it's not an attempt to create a marketing plan or some speculative fervor over something who, which changes its fucking narrative every six months, you know, a la uh, Ethereum with NFTs and crypto kitties and world computers and fucking whatever else, uh, whatever other scam it's managed to, um, you know, to, to loop out STOs, ICOs, fucking EIOs and whatever the rest of the fucking acronyms are like Bitcoin is there. It's verifiable. It is actual truth. And 
what Bitcoin maximalists go out and do is they say, hey, look over here. We've discovered something that is as important as the discovery of thermodynamics. And what you can do is you can store the product of your labor, sir, in something that nobody in the fucking universe can rob you of. And once you've done that and you've outsourced that part of the uncertainty that is involved in life, you can then focus on producing something, be an entrepreneur, be an artisan, be a fucking artist, be an engineer, be something useful. Don't sit there, look at fucking charts like a degenerate, waste your time on fucking YouTube, worry about what the next pump and dump is going to be, worry about what the next fucking marketing plan of the next fucking shitcoin is going to be. That is wasteful. And it's not going to make you a better person. It's going to make you a, a, a weaker, shittier, uglier, fatter person. And my position is that you should do the opposite of that. You should do something useful. So, so that's that's really the position. It's nothing culty. I mean, and if you do want to like position it as a cult, by all means, fine. Then at least it's a fucking healthy cult, you know, because there's nothing here about like, oh, you should, um, I don't know, drink some fucking Kool-Aid and, you know, poison yourself or something like the message is simple bitcoin is perfect fucking money and perfect money means that you should try and acquire some before the rest of the world catches up because the rest of the world catch up will catch up not because they want to but because they fucking have to starvation is a hell of a fucking uh um motivator and that's literally what's going to happen all around the world over the coming decade as the the clusterfuck of a clown world that we're surrounded by starts to unravel like and actually i would say ben you would probably agree with this right we are living in a clown world simulation at the moment right would you agree totally with that I would, I, I would tend to agree with that yeah okay so do, do you think that, that can last ground. okay do you think that can last no absolutely not so as that clown world eats away at the capital base that humanity has built over centuries What's going to happen is governments will get more and more desperate. They'll create more and more stupid fucking rules. They will try and clamp down in any way they can. They'll print money. They'll fucking jubilee. They'll UBI. They'll fucking do whatever they want to do. And in the process, deteriorate the very private property that represents people's fucking wealth. The only thing they can't influence is Bitcoin. And fucking around with all the other stuff, I can understand the tendency to want to make some quick money, but a responsible person with temperance has the ability to hold themselves back from chasing the next shiny thing and encouraging, if you really want to help those around you, encouraging them to double down on that which is truthful, that which you cannot deviate from. And that's what Bitcoin represents. And to me, when I see shitcoiners, even like, as I said, you've got the naive ones and then you've got the, um, the ones who are genuinely uh, trying to fuck someone over or scam them or whatever. We, we know that there's enough of those ones. And, you know, that's something you can't argue with. Either way, what, you, what people are doing is they're, they're missing the moon for the finger, right? Like we've struck gold with Bitcoin and then we're fucking around arguing about like politicking and arguing about all the other shit when that's the piece there that matters and that's what people need to be focused on and i think what you should do with your audience is you should be educating them on the importance and i mean look you can do whatever the fuck you want with your audience really it's, it's your audience like i can't tell you what to do but what i would think would be noble is to go in and explain to them why Bitcoin is so important. But I understand, obviously, that that's not a very profitable strategy in the business that you're in. You know, you are I, I think you're, you're making a big mistake assuming we don't do that. Like you just said, we, we spend every day doing that. And I think, I, I think the biggest But then you're contradicting yourself. I, 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 think, I, I think the biggest difference between you and I and, and between you and, uh, you know, suppose it's shit corners, as you say, certainly there are certainly people out there that are bad people that want to take advantage of people. If, if I was having all these arguments with people and, and, and uh, you know, educating people about all these other coins and then my portfolio didn't reflect that and I was 100% Bitcoin, then yeah, that would be, that would not be good. I, I wouldn't be transparent. I wouldn't be doing what, you know, putting my money where my mouth is. But I think the biggest difference is you believe that, you know, this world exists where, you know, Bitcoin succeeding and altcoin succeeding are mutually exclusive. They and are. most of us do. I, th they I think are. that's just they the are. biggest. Altcoins or crypto are an attack on Bitcoin. 
There is no other effective attack on Bitcoin. You can't turn it off. You can't shut it down. The government can't defeat it. So the most effective attack on Bitcoin is to co-opt the most uh, broadly accepted cryptocurrency, which I guarantee will be Ethereum. You know, World Economic Forum and all those clowns, they're all going to get together and they'll issue their central bank digital currency, which is basically slave coin. And, you know, if you don't get your fucking, your green pass and your fucking next booster and whatever the fuck else they're going to roll out as part of your ticket to be alive, you know, you won't be able to live. And and that's the, that's the separation. Like it's literally, Bitcoiners have nothing to sell anybody, but their own freedom. Shitcoiners have nothing to sell anybody except for their shit coins. <laughs> like, it's just- I, it's, it's I, I think if we go back, I, I think if we go back, like just to, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, wrap this up. You know, I, I think we were to go back where, you know, we're talking about the, our one common ground, our one thing that we, you know, generally agree on, which I generally agree with a lot of the ideas you have about Bitcoin, which is it's clown show out there. And I, I, I think that in reality, you know, too many times we're making each other enemies. We gotta remember who the real enemies are. You know, the, the, the real enemies out there are the existing power structures, and and that's why I believe they they have infiltrated. And you're on their side, and you're no, I, I, on their I think side. This is where I would defer with you. Technology is always going to be taken advantage of and manipulated uh, by by the traditional system, and that's what we see today. And so, whether it's the Ethereum chain, it'll be a different chain. It doesn't matter what it is. There's bad people out there, and they do want to suppress 99% of the world. And, and I think that that's really what we got to focus on when it comes to decentralization is how can we break up that existing power structure? I, I think eventually, like, Bitcoin is going to play a really big role in that. I just think it's much further off than uh, a lot of people want to give it credit for. This I think we're going to go through a cycle a where we're going to see. This is multi-decade. This is yeah, I think about 50, I, 50 years is generally when I think we're going to really see a, a real revolution. I think there's a lot of action between now and then. Well, I, I think things are going to collapse a lot quicker, but this is a multi-decade emergence. Like gold took 5,000 years to emerge. Bitcoin might emerge over 50 years. The messy part is going to be this decade. My argument that you're on the wrong side of this is based on, and, and I hope you, know, you evolve and change you know, along the process, but my, my argument is based on the fact that the... People can influence technology. They can influence everything. The only thing that cannot be influenced on the fucking planet is the physical laws of nature. You can't influence gravity. You can't influence the speed of light. You can't influence thermodynamics. You can't influence the direction of time. And you can't fucking influence Bitcoin. Yes, people can buy it and fuck around with the price, but that does not influence Bitcoin. That influence the Bit influences the Bitcoin price. They are two different things. And the Bitcoin price is an emergent phenomenon. It is going to go up, down, and around in fucking circles. But what matters is not the price of Bitcoin. What matters is the proportion of the Bitcoin network that you hold. So what we should be doing is we should be getting people to hold as much as they can on that network before the fuckwits buy it, right? That's the whole fucking premise here. Now, even if the fuckwits do buy it, fine. The thing they still cannot do is they can't create more, they can't print more, they can't issue more. That is the fucking kicker. That's what changes the world. Not like issuing another coin, issuing another currency, putting together another group, fucking around with all that sort of stuff puts us right back into the same problem we're trying to solve. And that's why Bitcoin is so important. It obsoletes that. They cannot fucking change it. And I mean, leading people away from that and convincing them that, you know, there's other things out there. Like, I mean, Ethereum is just that classic one. I fucking hate Ethereum so much because it is such, it is, it is literally the best possible attack vector for the people you're claiming to help. It is the best possible attack vector to walk them right into digital fucking gulags. Like that's literally what they're going to walk right into as opposed to running a Bitcoin node and holding their own Bitcoin. There is nothing more sovereign that an individual can do. And well, we, that's cer we certainly teach people to, to hold their own Bitcoin. We, we talk about custody and, you know, many of the coins that we look at, you know, we're always trying to get people to understand, like, look, I do believe in Ethereum. We have obviously like we could do a whole other debate uh, on Ethereum. I, I, I think Ethereum is is going to pass Bitcoin. You, you said yourself that you, you think it has a, a good chance to, uh, but for different reasons than I do. But we're always teaching people to flip stuff up into Bitcoin, into Ethereum, into the top coins. Uh, you know, the, the coin number 747, 
you know, it, there's a great chance it's not going to make it no matter what it is. And so you want to be putting stuff in, you know, into money that's more solid. Obviously, Bitcoin is the most solid we've had. Uh, it will remain so probably for a long time. And that's why, you know, still at the end of the day, that's what we tell people is your best investments in Bitcoin. That's why it needs to be the biggest percentage of your portfolio. And you can use those other coins to gain Bitcoin. From a financial perspective, we try to take people that are not on the financial level that you are or that I have come to be on. I certainly did not start this journey at any kind of high financial level and learn how to use those altcoins to level up, to get into Bitcoin. Because right now for the average person to come in and pay, uh, you know, whatever it is today, $36,687 for one Bitcoin, 99% of people in America don't have that money sitting around to do that. So they, they um, you, you can certainly use altcoins to achieve that goal. Uh, if owning more of the Bitcoin network is what you want to do, and I do think that is a, uh, that's a great argument. I think there's a, a great validity to that. Then we believe you can do that through altcoins. Uh, but ultimately, you know, the end goal there is the same. Uh, yeah, I, I would argue that the end goal is not the same. The, you know, my, my end goal is to see people hold in the cult, exactly. Yeah. The Bitcoin cult. Now, now look, I, 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 I do know you said you didn't want to drink Kool-Aid, but I'm just saying, like, you know, you got to keep the Kool-Aid on ice just in case, you know, Craig Wright is Satoshi. So. <sighs> no, no, no. I mean, even if that were the case, it wouldn't matter. Like, again, this is the beautiful thing about Bitcoin. If he wants to be fucking Satoshi, he can be Satoshi. It doesn't fucking matter. Like, that's what makes Bitcoin special. Like, if he turned out to be the founder of Ethereum, then Ethereum will probably fucking crash. That, that like, that, that's the big fucking difference, right? Like... So, but anyway, like the, the end goal for me is to see a new natural competent elite emerge, um, who can store the product of their labor in something like Bitcoin and not have it confiscated by neither parasites nor the tyranny of the majority, because that's the world that we live in today. The tyranny of the majority, in fact, is one of the most dangerous fucking things that we're suffering from is this idea that, you know, the competent minority like the productive the entrepreneurs the intelligent people are paying for all the mistakes of the fucking lemmings and the morons like that the world is completely fucking distorted at the moment and that's because we've given up private property rights we've given up all sorts of shit so anyway i won't belabor the point anymore you know i'm a private property freedom bitcoin individual sovereignty maximalist and for me that is the most important outcome and end goal uh, not just to fucking make money but it's to to hopefully, if enough of us get together, we can actually turn the tides on the clown world. All right, guys, I think that's a perfect place to pause or end this debate. I want to thank Alex Svetsky and BitBoy Crypto for joining me. I hope at the very least you all have a Bavaria you know, clear understanding of the differences between these asset classes. Um, I think more uh, discussions are made, should be had uh, between these two, but also in the community at large. I saw a big call for Ralph Paul to come on the show to do a debate next. Definitely a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think at the very least, uh, we all got some comedic uh, relief out of this, guys. So I appreciate you joining us on Spaces. With that, we're going to close this component out. Yep. 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 Yep.